The Playmakers Blog presents Fire on High. Featuring your host, Tyler O. What's going on, everyone? You're tuning into the Fire on High podcast, and I'm Tyler Jinsky, and this is Tyler's 10 Tips for Week 10. The whole point of these podcasts is to deliver you concise fantasy advice in under 15 minutes, so let's dive in. Tip number one is stop what you are doing and go acquire Dallas Goddard. Goddard had a less than stellar return in Week 8, catching only one target for one catch and 15 yards. Owners who held him throughout his ankle injury might be panicking, might be a bit upset. I am certainly not. He still saw an 85% snap rate in week 8 and was running routes on pretty much every single snap. We always knew how talented Goddard was. The question was, when would he supplant Zach Ertz? While Goddard did get hurt, and Ertz also got hurt, Ertz proved that the dude is dust. He is not good anymore, so first off, I'm not even worried when Ertz comes back. But even so, Ertz isn't back yet, so Goddard is still the guy. The Eagles' schedule is extremely juicy down the stretch with zero matchups that really scare me. I think the Eagles definitely had a very rough first half of the season, and I think they really turn it around this last half of the season and easily win the division. Goddard, to me, is a top five tight end rest of season. Kelsey, Waller, Andrews are the three tight ends I have in front of Goddard as my rest of season rankings. Goddard is my tight end four. Go out and get him. I'd almost guarantee you whoever the Goddard owner is, whoever's rostering Goddard in your league, does not value him that high. He will be a difference maker down the stretch. Tip number two is acquire and start Jerry Judy. It was a very tumultuous start for the Broncos this season with a lot of injuries and especially to Drew Locke and Corlin Sutton. It's just been a rough season for the Broncos altogether. There really isn't much hope for 2020, but good thing is the team is rather young. But things have settled down for the Broncos. Drew Locke is back. Jerry Judy is acclimated. We have seen that. Over the past two weeks, Jerry Judy has seen 22 targets, and in just last week in Week 9, he had ran routes on 89% of his dropbacks and had a 30% target share. While I don't necessarily think that 30% target share is sustainable, it does prove to me that he is the number one wide receiver moving forward, not Tim Patrick. They're also scheming Jerry Judy, so he's up on linebackers, he's facing safeties. They clearly have a plan for Jerry Judy. They're being very purposeful in how they're using Judy going forward. If he's on your waivers, grab him. If not, try and trade for him. I'd flip Juju or almost any wide receiver from the Cowboys for him straight up. To me, Judy is a wide receiver too the rest of the season. Tip number three is drop Adrian Peterson. While he still clearly has a role on the Lions, rookie DeAndre Swift seems to be the leading back in this RBBC, and carry-on just won't go away. AP is seeing his snaps consistently drop since the bye, and he is not used in the pass game. His volume has dipped below the holding threshold, and he holds no upside and thus no value. Just drop him to waivers. There's multiple dudes I'd rather have that have some upside. Tip number four is grab Giovanni Bernard. I, I, I assumed that he'd be rostered in most leagues, but I checked it out. He's only rostered in 53% of Yahoo leagues. I guess people thought Mixon was coming back this week. It's Thursday, and he didn't practice. Mixon could still play, but still, Gio needs to be on your bench at the very least. 
We have seen Geo clear 20 fantasy points in both games. Mixon has missed. I know that they got the Steelers this week, but Geo does make up for it in the past game. He's a plug-and-play RB2, so go out there and see if Geo's on waivers. Even if Mixon suits up, he's the kind of guy you want on your bench because if something happens to Mixon, we've already seen it. We know Geo will come in and be the guy. He's the kind of guy you want on your bench, not Adrian Peterson. Tip number five is Derek Carr is my preferred streamer of the week. While things haven't been going great over the last two weeks for Carr, one of those because of weather, he can right the ship this week because he gets a banged up Broncos defense. It's an interdivision game, and the Broncos defense has allowed 43, 30, and 34 points to opposing teams in the last three games. We know Carr is not the most sexy fantasy quarterback. He's definitely a better quarterback in real life than he is in fantasy, but I think this is the week he puts it together and becomes a good fantasy quarterback. This game has an implied total of 50 points. Carr gets it done this week. His wide receivers are becoming healthy. The offensive line is good. I got him right on the edge of my QB1s this week. I'll probably have him around QB11, QB12. He's a good start. Tip number six is drop Mark Ingram. Once he returns, the backfield itself is probably fantasy irrelevant. It's been nice to have Ingram gone, even though I will say I don't wish injury on anybody. It has been nice to see Gus Edwards and Dobbins be able to share that backfield and both have some fantasy value. When Mark Ingram does return, it kind of makes all three of these backs not that usable. But we know there is upside and some of these guys are worth holding. But I will say, by all accounts, Gus Edwards and Dobbins have looked better than Ingram. There's just really no upside holding Ingram at this point. Really just hoping for maybe an Edwards or maybe a Dobbins injury. But even though he's just not the kind of guy I want on my bench down the stretch, go ahead, drop Mark Ingram. The best case scenario is he splits the backfield and is maybe an RB3. Just not interested. Get him on waivers. Tip number seven is trade away Josh Jacobs. While the Raiders' schedule down the stretch is nice, I have serious concerns about his usage in the pass game, which I've had preseason and pretty much this entire season. He currently sits as a low-end RB1, and if someone in your league values him as such, trade him away. I still think he will be a solid RB2, so don't go giving him up for absolutely nothing, but if somebody in your league values him as RB1, is really hurting for an RB try to trade and get yourself an elite wide receiver or a better running back. Over the first four weeks, Jacobs registered an 81, 79, 80, and 75% of the team carries. This is great. This is why people felt so good about him. But then you look at the last three weeks, it's dipped down to 64, 45, 76, and 58% in the last four contests. Not good. Things are dropping off for him, and they're not using him in third and long situations. They're not using him in two-minute situations. That those things are just not happening for Jacobs anymore. There is not a floor for Jacobs whatsoever. It, it, he's, he could easily finish the season as an RB3, and I would not be shocked at this point. Just not a big fan of Jacobs in fantasy. Love him as a runner. Love him in real life. But as a fantasy asset, try to trade him while he's got some value. Tip number eight is go pick up Anthony Miller. I mentioned him last week as his usage has been trending up, and that usage continues to trend up. 18 targets over the last two games, and he's run a route on at least 70% of the quarterback dropbacks. He doesn't see a lot in the way of air yards. That's really Darnell Mooney and A-Rob's territory, but that does mean he's running high percentage routes, which can be very valuable in PPR leagues. Bears clearly needed to make a change on offense. They needed that spark. They've looked to three wide receiver sets and getting Miller on the field a bit more. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a league winner, but for me, he does hold some wide receiver three value in PPR leagues going forward. Tip number nine is start Curtis Samuel. 
Samuel's usage has been on the rise as he's seen five targets in the last four games. He's also averaging about three carries a game. Now that CMC is likely out, there's more. There's room for more, even more targets, or maybe even a carry here and there. Like the Panthers are going against the Buccaneers. This is a very tough defense. They're going to have to get creative with the ball, and the best player on their team to get creative with is Curtis Samuel. I think he's somewhat overtaking DJ Moore at this point. I like Curtis Samuel as a start this week in your flex spot as a wide receiver three, let's say. They need to find a spark. Curtis Samuel is the answer against this tough Buccaneers defense. Tip number 10 is going to be a two-part tip. Uh, It's going to be streaming Gerald Everett. He's my favorite tight end streamer, but also starting Josh Reynolds. It's kind of cheating here. It's two tips, but they're on the same team, so I'm going for it. First things first, they're playing against the Seattle Seahawks, who are honestly helpless against the pass. This has a very high over-under. I believe last time I checked, it was at 54.5 points. There are a lot of implied points in this game. At least four touchdowns are implied on the Rams' side of the ball. Josh Reynolds, let's start there. He's a full-time wide receiver. He is the number three wide receiver there and has seen 17 targets over the last two weeks. There's going to be a lot of people on Woods, a lot of people on Cup. Those guys are auto starts. There's a good reason around those guys, but I think people are sleeping on Josh Reynolds in a matchup where a lot of points are supposed to be scored, and he's a guy that's getting targets, and he's a guy that's running routes. He's a guy that's on the field. Those are all good things when you're playing against the Seattle Seahawks defense. I like Josh Reynolds as a bit of a sleeper. And then finishing things off here, Gerald Everett, man. I've talked about my hate for Tyler Higby as a fantasy asset. The dude's a blocker. He's not being really used that much, which would lead me to Gerald Everett for all the reasons I said about how bad the Seattle defense is, but he's more of the preferred pass catcher at this point. He's seen four targets in each of the last four games, and he's the preferred tight end in third and long situations in two-minute situations. He's a good athlete. He's got some upside. If you're hurting a tight end, you need a streamer. Gerald Everett is my guy. Those are my 10 tips for week 10. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at FFTylero. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later.